Previously on Funny Science Fiction. I think it's my hips are finally done. Is that, is that what the <laughs> hips are finally done? Yeah, but they called them hypes. H-Y-P. My hips are finally done. No, that's my father-in-law. Uh, <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Where nerds and geeks like us find the friendship and camaraderie we never experienced in middle school. <laughs> Our guest today is Shannon Perry, the writer and creator of the Nine Ounce Podcast. This sci-fi podcast is based in comedy and seems a natural fit with our show. Shannon, why is your show only coming in nine ounce size? And can we supersize it if we're feeling really thirsty? Did yeah, I misread that? I'm sorry. <laughs> Oz Nine. I'm sorry, the Oz Nine podcast. I was going to say, because we're basically a do you want fries with that sort of show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show, Shannon. Welcome. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is awesome. Great. Good to have yeah, we're, you. We're really glad to have you here. So, I, I, Shannon, I'll start off with some with a, a line of questions here. Buckle up okay. and hope you're ready. <laughs> no, it's not going to be that bad. All right. So, <laughs> your your should begin. <laughs> I listened to your podcast you and I realize I'm you know following some fairly uh, impressive guests. So, where were you on October twenty fourth? No. Uh, all right. So. <laughs> Your Twitter header says that you are deeply committed to whimsy, or as whimsy can be defined as the being playfully quaint with fanciful behavior or humor. So what levels of whimsy are you dedicated and committed to? We need to discern if this claim is for show or for go. It's totes for go, dude. <laughs> whimsy is serious business. I, you know, In fact, my parents' neighbor, one time I mentioned that line, whimsy is serious business to him. And he put it, uh, he actually built a little outhouse in the woods, not an outhouse, <laughs> outhouse, but like a pagoda kind of outhouse and put a wooden tile over it that says whimsy is serious business. Nice. We, we take our whimsy very seriously. I dig it. All yeah. right. yeah, so, a good place for whimsy. <laughs> Right. What catalog this week? I know, right? <laughs> I work at a, you know, I work at a sign shop. That may have to go on my door. Whimsy I love it. Business. There you go. All right. <laughs> Did that actually answer the question? I'm not entirely sure. I don't even remember the question. <laughs> okay, good. We're good then. We're going to go. You committed. That's all I heard. <laughs> We're going to go with yes. Awesome. Awesome. Just yeah. Yeah. Yes. Let's go there. Yes. Okay. So uh, on a more serious note, I find that people who were involved with science fiction in the adult stages of their life were typically heavily inspired by at least one science fiction show, movie, uh, at some point in their childhood, perhaps even multiple shows. So what various forms of sci-fi influenced little Shannon Perry to grow up and become the comedic sci-fi podcaster as an adult? Oh, uh, yeah. I think I think my influences are fairly obvious. <laughs> Many of them, whoops, bumped the microphone. What a professional. Um, the biggest is probably uh, Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was a huge formative you know, I'm always afraid they're going to come take my English master's degree away because it is my favorite book. Right. <laughs> uh, I love it. Shout out to Eric Davis for getting me onto that track. Um, but I grew up in a house full of science fiction. Uh, Ray Bradbury, we had tons of Ray Bradbury around my house. We had lots of Kurt Vonnegut around the house. Um, and I think, you know, just a love of language. My mom used to read poetry to me when I was a kid. My grandmother on my mom's side was a big you know, children's poetry fan. There was a lot of Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. So I loved language and fancy and fun as a kid. And I, there was plenty of it in my house. And then once I got onto Douglas Adams, then, you know, 
it was over. Fate know, right? was sealed. Yeah, it was all over at that point. You know. Well, that's cool. I think I think the line from Winnie the Pooh to, to Douglas Adams actually shows where the whimsy comes from. Exactly. Exactly. No, in, in all seriousness, I mean, yeah. Winnie the Pooh has a lot of fantasy and whimsy, and um, you know, there's there's a lot of silly silliness, silliest silliestness. S anyway, silliosity. That's gonna be a thing. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so I, I like that. So Douglas Adams, Vonnegut. Yeah, there's there's nice. Yeah, and of course, you know, Python. We were, oh, yeah. Yeah. We were big <laughs> Python fans from way back. I just Python. I just want you to know we're moments from becoming BFFs. Oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So uh one of the characters in your show, of course, Mad Pants Madeline. Uh, I'm going to quote from your About Us page because these are your words, not mine. I'm assuming your words. Uh, but it says uh, about Captain Madeline, there's a well-intentioned but not really up to the task. Where Mad Pants Madeline is concerned, Captain could only inspire less respect if followed by Crunch. <laughs> Which I thought was fantastic. I'm like, that's one of the best descriptions ever. And made me hungry for Crunch Berries. Right? Right? <laughs> hey, say both for me. <laughs> so knowing that you play Mad Pants, mm. I'm curious to know what was the inspiration behind the creator, the creation rather, of the character? And does her character reflect Sharon, uh, Shannon Perry in real life at all? Or, or portions of you? Um, you know, it's funny, people ask me that a lot because it is my voice and it is my regular voice. She's sort of the contrast to Olivia, which is actually the, the character that I wanted to play, <laughs> but we needed somebody to have some semblance of authority on the ship. Um, I, I, I don't know that Madeline, her, her constant desire to be in control and complete inability to, to be in control, I think is very much me. <laughs> in terms of like the Osnine cast for one, but also just my life in general. But um, I, I say that the character that is most like me is the ship. It's like this oh, really? yeah. meandering <laughs> place where you never quite know what you're going to find when you stumble into the next room. And it, <laughs> nobody seems to be able to find their way around, including <laughs> people who are supposed to know their way around. So yeah, I think there's a lot of me and Madeline and just that, you know, she tries to take control and then gets distracted by bubble wrap. Like that's, yeah. that's me. <laughs> Ooh, bubble wrap. Yeah. <laughs> so, you get lost in your house a lot? I mean, is this? <laughs> in my own mind. Right? Okay. <laughs> and yes, in my own about the ship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. That sounds interesting. I actually identify with so much of what she just said. Right. <laughs> right? right, there's like that memory storage that just, you go in there and you try and locate the bits that are about you and it, you get distracted by other not. things. I mean, there's the that's whole three not. trips to my kitchen last night for, you know, one <laughs> cup of tea, but you know, past that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. In memory storage, I go in there. It's like, now is that me or did I read that somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure that's my memory. <laughs> did I write that about somebody else or? Yeah. You start, you start quoting something and you realize, Oh, I wrote that. Right. Well, And this is the thing, like, I actually literally now have continuity people on my crew. Kevin, who plays Greg, is always saying to me, now, wait a minute, didn't he already say that? Or isn't this completely contradictory to something six episodes ago? And it's like, okay, well, uh, <laughs> think of a way out of that. Think of a way out of that. <laughs> well, Shannon, you know, uh, on the Funny Science Fiction podcast, we talk about funny science fiction, oddly enough. Seems to come up, I don't know why. <laughs> But uh, 
do you have like a go-to funny sci-fi book, movie, radio drama, play, show, uh, you know, characters that you play act with at home? Hand drawn, hand drawn napkin. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, backs of bubble gum or some some sort of thing that you go to for long-lasting humor satisfaction. Definitely always back to Douglas. I mean, Douglas. I'm always going to go back to Douglas. Um, but I love to listen to, I, you know, I just started getting into listening to podcasts as well as producing. And so I am frequently going back to like Oblivity, I think is hilarious. We Fix Space Junk is hilarious. Um, Elaine's Cooking for the Soul is hilarious. I love all of that. And it really just keeps me energized. But one of the ways that I most get energy for for continuing on Oz9 is is the cast itself like they are so now so deeply embedded in their characters that I hear them in my head in their own voices Great. that's awesome yeah it is and it may it just I just kind of sit there and take notes it is they're really real it's 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 interesting and now I'm always a little bit confused when I hear Tim talk in an American accent. It's like, wait a minute, you're like, British. Oh, no, you. you're not actually Colin. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I'm not British. <laughs> well, I could, bye. Oh, bye. Oh, bye. Yeah, yeah, we cannot say anything is not my fault around here without hearing it in Olivia's voice. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's great. Well, now I gotta. I feel kind of duty bound to warn our listeners about your podcast and your Starship crew. Uh, they get up to no small amount of tomfoolery, and people seem to die a lot from that um, on your show. Now, I think that we've discovered that there's this link between space travel and death that nobody talks much about. Mm. I sense a cover up. Mm. Are they wearing red shirts, perhaps? What, Tim? <laughs> were they wearing red shirts, perhaps? Oh, yeah. yeah, were they wearing red shirts? <laughs> so uh, describe a little bit about what happens during your show and what's happening on your ship. Oh, dear. What is happening on the ship? <laughs> so basically, the what, well, what appeared to be happening from the outset was that there were a lot of very, very wealthy people who decided it was time to just escape Earth. And so they bought... A, a pod on an Oz ship and the Oz ships were launched by this corporation called Gated Galaxies, uh, ostensibly to go off and find planets to terraform and then they would become the owners of those planets and they would be terribly, terribly rich and in charge of their own planets. Only it's not turning out to be quite the plan. Right. So, and Gated Galaxies is definitely not a corporation with the best intentions of its customers at heart. Uh, so that's all going. <laughs> Terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> uh, and the Oz-9 is basically, we think possibly the, the one remaining ship of the 400 that were initially launched that has not exploded. And that's basically out of sheer luck and not any anything that the crew is doing competently because they are utterly, utterly incompetent. In fact, they are all hired for their incompetence. And there's a pool going on on Earth to see which ships are going to explode first. That's great. There you go. Okay. <laughs> So on the ship, we have this crew of just hopeless. They're, you know, they're trying, they're doing their best, but they're not the brightest wicks in the candle box. And they're <laughs> so still alive. <laughs> they are still alive. They are still alive. Yeah. <laughs> we aren't entirely sure why, but uh, <laughs> they are still alive. They just kind of blunder from mishap to mishap. And Captain Madeline, of course, is the captain of the Oz 9. And 
and we've taken aboard uh, Captain Jessie because her ship was on the verge of immolating. <laughs> so she came over. Unfortunately, her, her assassin came with her, but uh, oh, we're working well. on that. So, um, you know, have assassin will travel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Darn well, those it's guys. It's a fun show, and thank you for sharing that with us. So it thank gets you. people interested in listening to it because there's a lot of a lot going on in every episode. It's enjoyable. Good now, stuff. I was also, uh, as as was Tim, I was perusing your Twitter feed for <laughs> interesting <laughs> topics, as I'm prone to do before I talk with the guests. Awesome. Um, now you asked recently and asked an important space question, and I didn't really feel very good about the answer or the lack of answer. Perhaps you might address it. It's, the question was, if an asteroid is coming straight for your ship, what are the chances it'll break up before it hits you? Then there was a gif of a train heading straight for us. And in my head, I'm like, wait a minute, spoiler alert. Do you know something about 2020 that how it ends that you're not telling the rest of us? No. No, good. Okay. No. Feel a lot better now. Well, this is a, kind of a ridiculous thing, side story. We uh, were invited to come do a live show in Chicago. And so we were, uh, I wrote a special script just for it. And it was at the end of 2019. And at one point, the characters are like, um, well, maybe we'll just stay on Earth. This looks really good. And then we figure out, oh, it's 2019. Uh-oh. Oh, 2020's coming. And so we all go back to our ship and go away, right? Yeah, so... Totally didn't know that 2020 was going to be. <laughs> I did not know. Who yeah. could have guessed, right? It's not my fault. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, uh, I just yeah, want to I, clarify, too, when, when Alan says, when Drayton says, you know, uh, that we were perusing, you could also, so, you know, replace that with slight stalking. Stalking. You know. Perusing, stalking, <laughs> you know. The gentle, kind stalking. <laughs> If you can follow our Twitter feed, good on you. <laughs> exactly. So, so I, I have to ask, what are your, obviously you all are totally into science fiction. What are some of your favorites? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I am the resident Star Wars nerd. Um, awesome. I grew up on Star Wars. I always say that I have a marriage to Star Wars because uh, uh, it's, uh, it's there for me in sickness and in health, good times and bad. Um, it's been there for every major thing in my in my life with my with my own family, um, and my kids are all Star Wars fans. And so you know, I mean, I'm in heaven today because of the new episode of The Mandalorian, and there's so much to nerd out about with The Mandalorian. Oh my God! Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, Star Wars. Although you know, you can have the argument that it's really space fantasy, not sci-fi. Either mm -hmm. way. That's where my camp sits, and yeah. um, I'm not the biggest Trek fan. I make that pretty clear through with, with everything that we talk about here, which is mainly offensive to the rest of the group I work with. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Star Wars is pretty much it. Um, I'm also a really big fan of. Uh, oh goodness, my mind just went blank on me. <laughs> You know, fifth element there it is fifth element oh okay, fifth element. okay. Uh, cool. wow i could see bruce willis i could see bruce willis i could see the rest of the characters my brain just went beep, 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 beep. You know i have that mean? effect on people no <laughs> and uh, i'm also a really big fan i'm listening to the book right now uh, of ernest klein um he did oh. ready player one oh oh yeah 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 and uh, oh, ready player two is getting ready to come out and i'm so excited about that I prefer the book over the movie, and he also uh, 
uh, played a part of another one of my favorite movies called Fanboys, which nice. I don't know if you're familiar with Fanboys. Have heard of it, have not seen. Uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, please watch Fanboys. The okay. <laughs> That and all the pop culture references in it are amazing. Um, but yeah, so Ernest Klein is on my uh, my high on my wish list of people I would just love to uh, interview. I think he writes oh, wow. some amazing stuff. Right? And uh, but yeah, those are those are probably my top three of of things or my go tos. That's awesome. Yeah, I was nine when the very first Star Wars came out, showing my age. But it had a huge effect on me, my brothers. I think all of us got into the whole idea of sci-fi and fantasy because we were just the right age for Star Wars. You know. Oh, awesome. Yeah. 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 All right. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I've always enjoyed Star Wars, Star Trek, a lot of the shows. Not a big Doctor Who fan, but I really like the funny in, everybody's going to kill me because I say this all the time, Muppets. Muppets are sci-fi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got we got Yoda. We got all these other things. We got uh, <laughs> big guy, big worm guy. <laughs> Java. Java. He's a Muppet. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean we got big, Muppet. you know, Muppets so too. we got so, a yeah. lot of those. So I do like Muppets. Um, as far as sci-fi, I like the funny and sci-fi. So if the funnier, the better for me. But I do enjoy, enjoy Star Wars and Star Trek both. So. Are you a Red Dwarf fan? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> we, we, yeah, I live we, with them. Tried. I don't need to watch them. <laughs> that, that statement might need a section of clarification. Debbie's <laughs> brother was one of the munchkins in Oz the Great and Powerful. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so wow. henceforth, the Red Dwarf. So the has, Red yeah. Dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> all close to home, but we're not offended at all. No. <laughs> Just yeah. Just, uh, I, of course, I've been around. Uh, my mother was a classical pianist, and into oh. classical. My father was a policeman into Hank, Hank Williams. So of course, I was into Star Trek, right? <laughs> and all other sci-fi stuff. Hank uh, Williams was, a singer. Yeah, Hank Williams. I'm just. <laughs> being, there were two different elements there, and I grew up with an eclectic taste. Uh, I enjoyed just about everything uh, in moderation, of course. But no, the uh, I got, uh, I really enjoy now, I, I, I loved D Douglas Adams when I heard it on the radio the first time, is when I first heard it. And then later went back and read the books and I still enjoy actually the radio performance uh, listening to oh, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I go back through it. I enjoy that even more than the book and especially the movie. Um, we won't talk about that. But uh, I also loved some of Douglas Adams' other stuff, you know, his mm -hmm. uh, his uh, Dirk Gently stuff and yep. had lots of fun. Yeah. I uh, actually <laughs> won a, uh, won a uh, flash fiction Douglas Adams. I uh, saw that 42 <laughs> word story. 42 word story. <laughs> And you couldn't name any of the characters directly in the story. You couldn't, you, you had to allude to everything indirectly. So I had fun with it. In 42 awesome. words? Is that <laughs> posted? Yeah, yeah, that on our... yeah, I have it posted. I'll, I'll repost Great. it. Um, and then you of course, more than 42 just to describe the fact that you want a 42 word story. But the, uh, and then of course, Terry Pratchett, I enjoy his, his humor as well. I, I yeah. like the Brit, the Brit humor uh, more so than the American. I grew up with with both and I uh, you know product yeah. of the television generation uh, in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and so on <laughs> yep. on all the way through but uh, 
Very good. And of course, I was a junior in high school when Star Wars came out. So nice. Uh, I don't. I didn't see it right away until I heard oh. everybody talk. Old. Old. It's like I remember a world before Star Wars. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> a sad, boring little world. As you say, a very quiet, dull. <laughs> Not a single pew was had. That's right. So yeah, I, I noticed. Womp rats. What's that? Oh, I said I used to bullseye womp rats with my T16 back home, and they weren't much bigger than two meters. There you right. go. We yeah. had the record, so we memorized like chunks. <laughs> okay, funny. we're now one inch away from being BFFs because <laughs> if you can memorize that, all right. <laughs> If you can guess what's on his t-shirt. Oh, I got more. I got go. more. <laughs> I saw it. Oh, no yeah. Nerf yeah. <laughs> He's scruffy looking nerf herding. That's funny. Awesome. So, Shannon, I noticed in season three, episode eight, entitled Putting the Freeze on Boogerology. <laughs> <laughs> I figured this was a new terminology. So I looked it up. There is a word online. Um, but it's not boogerology, it was burgerology. It's a study of how beef tastes and looks and all things burgers. Okay. <laughs> going with just the spelling of your word boogerology, can you explain to us what boogerology is? <laughs> and is it related in any way to burgerology? <laughs> no, don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> well, see, it has to do with how it tastes and looks. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually a very squeamish person, which makes this podcast occasionally difficult to write. <laughs> but so it bookerology is what one might find up a robot zebra's nose. That that answers it. We're gonna go with that. That's a satisfying answer to that question. Yeah, excellent, because it's a highly niche field and I feel like I will not be called upon to answer any further questions <laughs> I think when Nick was little he made a joke what's six foot long and in an elephant's nose you know right. it's like an elephant bugger or something it was like whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kid jokes. Uh, yeah one of the jokes that around the joke. back end of Oz 9 is that eighth grade is going to be awesome because we you know we're into yeah. Eighth grade is going to be awesome. I love it. Okay. So I promise, I promise not to kill Colin. So what's Colin's real name? Oh, Horace. Okay. Horace. 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 <laughs> Wait a minute. Horace? If you promise not to kill him. You'll or get Horace. Okay. So. That's right. Horace. Horace. Okay. Horace. 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 Horse. I thought you said horse because we we're just talking about a zebra. I'm like, oh, so it's a zebra. Horse. Anyway. <laughs> Had I known how hard it was to get a hold of galloping sound effects, I might have gone with a quieter animal choice. <laughs> Isn't it just a coconut? Yeah, do you have coconuts? About two empty halves of coconuts and I'm banging them together. <laughs> <laughs> I had the Monty Python one, I would totally go with it. But unfortunately, I have bad Foley. So, uh, That's funny. Yeah. So um, it took me a bit to figure out who actually Captain Madeline was and who played Captain Madeline, but we figured out that was that was you. That's good. Yeah. So, but I wanted to know what can you tell us about the captain that might interest people to listen in to your podcast? What can I tell you about the captain? I think there are hidden levels which we have not yet discovered. Mm. She is because it's it's my character and. I find everybody more interesting than I am. <laughs> I tend to 
downplay Madeline a little bit, but I've been getting encouragement, particularly from uh, some friends that Madeline now needs to, to blossom on her own. So I, I'm really not sure what's going to come out. You know, I am, as, as Sarah has said, a total pantser. Uh, I tend to, yeah, <laughs> the episodes are getting written at, you know, 30 minutes prior to recording. So I'm <laughs> yeah, struggling well, to get them out. So right. Nice. It's nice. Very to know. good. Yeah. I, but I think there's can, can look ahead, to surprises or whatever. You have a character that people can always yeah. enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some surprises in Madeline we have not yet discovered and 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 they will they're going to they're going to come out. I think we're going to find that she's going to be a more of a leader under stress and we need different we just need a different trigger for her to emerge nice. in, in full blossom. Awesome. <laughs> or something to look forward to. Blossom. Very good. Yeah. That's well, right. that's the fun part about being a pantser is you, you figure out, it, it gives you excitement about wanting to find out what's going to happen in my story. You yes. only find out is by writing and that's <laughs> what gives you incentive to write. Exactly. And every once in a while, like this, this puzzle piece will just slot in so perfectly. And it's like, oh yeah, I meant to do that. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and you in the background going, yes, I can't believe that works. <laughs> So, I would just like to point out that there is going to be a lot of confused people who are listening, who don't, who aren't writers, who are not going to understand what pantsing and pantsers are. Oh, uh, yes. look it up. Just tell them look it up. There's Google now. Look, when I was a kid, it's if you like pant somebody, it means you pulled their pants down. Right. And I think the first time I listened to Sarah's live and she was talking about that, doing some pantsing, I'm like, wait, who's getting pantsed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I went back to middle school again. Yeah. <laughs> Grade's going to be great. Um, right? I kind of feel like that's what I'm doing to my cast, though. I'm kind of like pulling pants. their pants down, going, go. So, our flight of your pants. our engineer Nick has a question. Yeah, I was just gonna just get into that. All right, so, yeah. So you want to ask it, Tim? Or sure, sure. Or... All right. So Nick says, which character in the Oz Nine podcast would you like to have seen thrown into another sci-fi universe? In which universe would you like to see him be thrown into? Nice. Oh man, let's see who would I. So let's pick a universe first. Let's throw. Well, some. I would not like Star Wars, Tim. Not, not Star Wars. I was drinking my water. Thank you very much. That's where I was going to. I know you can do Star. Wars. Uh -huh. I was just giving Tim a hard time. <laughs> well, what scene in Star Wars? The Mandalorian. Okay. We got to put him I in the Mandalorian. The next Let episode. Let her pick her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm... I will not pick myself, although just assume that I want to do this myself, quite frankly, but uh, let's put Dr. Theo on board Serenity on the Firefly. There you go. What's he going to do there? I don't know. I'm afraid he might already kind of be there. Get canceled? <laughs> He's going to get canceled? No. He's a doctor, right? <laughs> Seriously. He's bringing season two. He's bringing yeah. season two on. There, there you go. go. And that's where we angered all our fans and we have zero subscriptions. Is Dr. So. Theo happy with us? <laughs> I just, I just want to, if, if I could help bring Firefly back by losing a character to it, I'm, do it. Let's do it. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Anything with Nathan Fillion, I'll, I will watch. Anything with Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Where would you put you as the captain? Where would yeah, you put you? Yeah, let's put you in there. We're going to make what you What scenario are you going to go in? You were forced at Water Pistol. 
point because they don't let me say gunpoint anymore. Wow, we've we've elevated down from gunpoint to water pistol. Well, I understood that you guys were going to take Sarah Raymore's toenails, so I'm pretty. Right? Sure. Yeah, we had to come up with a punishment that was well. That's something that we had to motivate. That that was our co-host Josh. He's not here today. He's sadistic. <laughs> He's not here, so I can say that about him. All righty then. He can't defend himself. Right, so what am I doing? You're, you're putting you your in character a, in a different. Put him in a different. You're in a, universe. in a different universe. What universe would you be in? Uh, I don't know that I want to go aboard the Heart of Gold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's what sci-fi universe would I want to go to? I'm not going to Mars. Go fantasy. You can go fantasy. I don't care. Go fantasy. Sure. Go Muppets. You can go Muppets. <laughs> Sesame Street. Okay, we are putting. Oz Nine's Olivia on the Muppet Show. There, there you go. go. She'd fit right she would in. be yeah. so cool. Oh, I think that is the first time she would ever not be snarky and mean. Like, right? <laughs> so happy. Well, you got Oscar the Grouch to compete with. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, see, I can just see her like hanging out with Beaker and Beaker <laughs> breaking something and she's like, not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, although we'd probably have to put Jesse in there too because I'm pretty sure Animal is Jesse's spirit animal. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right? Awesome. I can see that. All right. Well, it's come to that point in the show where we have to get serious. We're going to begin our quiz. And the name of this quiz this week is Name That Decade. Play oh, for cash and prizes. No cash or prizes will be given. No cash or prizes. Can I phone a friend? <laughs> phone a friend. Yes. Uh, we can poll the audience. Why is not Sarah? No. <laughs> no. All right. So if this is how this goes. If you get three or more right, you get one of our lovely mugs. Oh, I so craving that. And if you get five questions right, you'll get a copy of my book where I scribble in the front. Sweet. Actually, it's just a cover with blank pages. He couldn't afford the printing, so it's going to take him a couple weeks. He's got to write it all out. Yeah, because when I ordered the books, I couldn't afford the ink, so I just got blank books, and I figured I could write each one by hand. Really great covers, though. Really great covers. He knows speed writing. Speed writing, yeah. You won't be able to read any of it because my glyph is... like Chinese. All right, so... Uh, then, of course, the punishment, if you fail to get at least three right, then we will uh, paste your face on a meme, tasteful but hilarious meme, to uh, in Mostly our tasteful. funny science fiction Facebook group. So do you accept these terms and are willing to proceed? Yeah, I might as well just make a face now because <laughs> I'm memeing. And if that doesn't motivate you, we could threaten the toenails too. So we find that more motivating. All right, so go All ahead right, with let's, our first question. Let's do this. All right, what decade did Hot Tub Time Machine come out? Was it in the 1990s, the 2000s, or the 2010s? I'm going to go 90s. Oh, no, it's 2010. 2010 it came out. See, I told you I'm going to be terrible at this game. It's all right. So we, we need the memes. You know. <laughs> Great. So it's we, not a toenail per question then, yeah. right? No, no, okay. no. It's not, yeah. All right, right Deb? All right. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Was this in the decade of the 1960s? 1970s or the 1980s 
1980s. Yes, yes. 1980s. All right, one for one. All right. Awesome. Now, this wonderful show, Catwoman of the Moon, was that in the 40s, the 50s, or the 60s? 60s. Want a second guess? <laughs> I'm guessing I need one. <laughs> you want a former friend? You want me to split the answers in half? <laughs> The 50s, yeah, she got it. Yay. <laughs> All right, so two right, one wrong. All right, so Alien, when did it come out? Was that the 70s? Was it the 80s or was it the 90s? I'm trying to think how old I was. 80s. No, that was the 70s. It was, it was really close. It was, so 79. It was 79. 79. Oh, yes, man. very close. Very I close. By the time you saw it, you know, it might have already been out for a year. So, right. so define come out, you. cinema or Netflix? <laughs> right? <laughs> DVD. <laughs> Box set. <laughs> By the time I watched it on TV or the... Uh, the <laughs> when was it on Betamax? Oh, <laughs> oh ouch. <laughs> All right, maybe you know this one. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Awesome movie. 70s. 80s or 90s okay i'm gonna i'm probably gonna get this wrong i'm sure i'm gonna get this wrong but i'm gonna go darn you couldn't you said like the 20s as the first one 30s or 70s 70s, 70s. Yes. i was gonna go with 70s i was i was because you, Drew Barrymore was very you got a mug i got a mug all right. Well, we're going to ask get my mug. <laughs> we're going to go for the gold now. Since Awesome. All right. We're going to just go for it all with the bonus question now. Okay. All right. The fifth element. Was that in the 80s, the 90s, or the double odds? Tim, I'm phoning a friend. Phone a friend. <laughs> well, I graduated high school in 1995. This movie came out two years later. 90s. Yes, that'd be correct. She got it. Yes. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Awesome. You get it. You'll get an autographed copy of the funny science fiction book, Custodians awesome. of the Cosmos. Love and it. Boldly go to clean up after those that boldly just went. So, so when you say boldly just went, yes. <laughs> Well, the, the, the answer the answer is yes <laughs> in, in, in both contexts it would be correct so they were very very afraid yes. you know the perfect you know they, they saved the day not the captain yeah <laughs> and how they saved the day in that book is amazing. well considering my brother plays the janitor on our ship i have a soft spot for janitors <laughs> yes and uh you know it's a very innovative book because the uh I took the technology of Star Trek and went way beyond what, the they, what they do. You know, awesome. in fact, uh, Kale Butterly's dream of being a starship officer seems dead when he fails the entry exam for the Coalition's Officers Space Academy. So he devises a foolproof backup plan to get a custodian job on a starship, meet lots of officers, and impress and amaze them until they recommend him for the program. <laughs> he only needs one recommendation, but Kale underestimates the exceptional level of fools his foolproof plan is up against. 
<laughs> I love it. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, super excited. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, it's a great book. Oh, make a movie out of that book. And there's more than one, right? Is You said this was the start of a series of books? Uh, it could be. Cool. It should be. The second one The second one is still up here somewhere, but I'm right. trying to finish my work in progress. Well, as soon as it's I finish the first one, I'm going to start poking you. Just you know, it's, on, it's, on, uh, it's in one of those trips to the refrigerator. He hasn't figured out which trip it is yet. <laughs> it's hidden behind the meatloaf. It'll be, right. I'll pants it eventually. <laughs> one of these days. I understand that reference. Yes. <laughs> so Shannon, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where thank can you. people go to find more about your podcast and your other works? Oz-9.com. And thank you so much. This has been really fun. Yeah, we'll be sure to place those in our description so people can find you and, and all the things that you do on that. Yeah, we really enjoyed having this you. Has been a, this has been a hoot. Yeah. Been a treat. Thank, thank you so you. much. I also like to remind our listeners that the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Shannon and more funny moments like we just experienced by subscribing and checking like, uh, do that for Shannon's work as well. Always feel free to contact us on our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction, where you can find all the memes that you can eat. <laughs> No, 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 no memes of Shannon. Now, remember, if you're not happy with the content of today's show, all you have to do is just let us know. We'll be happy to subject the offending party to a 24 hour nonstop marathon of John Travolta's Battlefield Earth via clockwork orange style. Because if you know what that means, you know what that means. <laughs> Please no. So our ending quote this week comes from Philip K. Dick. If you think this universe is bad, you should see some of the others. Thanks again, Shannon. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. Goodbye, Thank you, Shannon. Bye, everybody. It would be illogical if we failed to mention our charity, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphan Fund. Because as we all know, in episode 117, just 23 minutes and 17 seconds into the show, Red-shirted starship crew members will probably die after being constricted by giant maggots in the Genesis planet. This, of course, leaves the poor families destitute. Now, please remember that our fictional charity, the Red-Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, is connected to a very real charity, and that's Wish Upon a Teen. So anything that you purchase from the Red-Shirt Widows and Orphans merchandise line, 100% of the profits from those uh, merchandise items goes directly to wish upon a team. They help sick kids have a more comfortable stay in the hospital when their stays become extended. Let's help wish upon a team help some sick kids. You get some cool swag, they get a cool room. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at funny sci-fi or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Virtual music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.